0: Begin Podfix network transmission in three, two,
1: one. What is up, plant people? It's Tuesday again, and that means it's time once more for the Plant Anthropology Podcast, the show where we dive into the lives, careers, and general awesomeness of some very cool plant people. I'm Vikram Baliga, your host, and as always, I am so excited to be with you today uh, how do you feel about tea? Should we spill the tea on tea? <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'll see myself out. So if you've been following along and if you've really been diving into the world of anthropology, which if you haven't, go ahead and start doing the thing. I promise you'll enjoy it. You won't regret it. A little while back, we did an episode about tea where we ranked some different teas with Dr. Giannis Kisten, and that was a lot of fun. But after that, one of my past guests and one of my good friends, dear friends, Abby Morrison, who was a guest way back in the elder years, I think she was episode like 17 or something, uh, was like, I love tea. It is my whole world. I am so happy. We need to talk more about tea. And I said, hey, would you like to come back for a deep dive episode? We haven't done that in a while. And she said yes. and, And we were both giddy with excitement. And so here is a deep dive episode about tea where we talk about the production process different ways to brew it different ceremonies so steep it brew it do you brew tea or steep tea abby will answer that question i'm a coffee guy i don't you know i don't know what i'm doing but abby agreed to come talk to me and teach me all about tea uh and it was so much fun So much fun. I could not stop smiling as I was going back and editing this episode. I think you're going to love it too. Abby, if you didn't remember, is the publications operations specialist with the Science Society, sometimes just called the Societies, but it's the Alliance of Crop Soil and Environmental Science Society. So she talks a lot to a lot of cool people uh, about agriculture and what they do in their research. And she's the host of the Field Lab Earth podcast, which is fabulous. Fabulous. Abby is a delight and one of the most natural born storytellers I've ever heard and I've ever met and had the pleasure to know. You know how I feel about story and good story, and Abby is a master at storytelling. So I think you're going to love this episode. If you haven't listened to episode 17 when she was on the first time, go back and give that a listen after you're done here. It was great too. But buckle up, grab a nice cup of tea and get ready for another wonderful episode of the Planthropology Podcast with my dear friend, Abby Morrison. Abby, I cannot tell you how happy I am that I'm looking at your face and talking to you right now. How are you?
0: I am doing so, so good. I'm very excited to talk about one of my favorite things on this good planet on which we live.
1: (laughs) Well, okay. So when I had said a while back that I was doing an episode on tea and I talked to uh, uh, Dr. Yanis Kisten about it, you know, we talked, we ranked some teas and did some of that. You were like, you don't understand how much I love tea. Like, this is my favorite thing in the world.
0: I did. I did do that.
1: And so I was like, let's, let's do that. Let's talk about tea. Let's, let's have a whole episode about it. Great. So uh, before, <laughs> I'm, I'm very excited too. Before we get into tea, uh, I'm going to try to not make a whole bunch of tea puns today, but it's probably going to happen. I think you should. Okay. I think that's why people come here for the puns. Um, introduce yourself again for, um, the folks that may not have heard your episode. Oh gosh, it was, I want to say it was like episode 17 or scrolling back right now. Yeah. Episode 17 from May of 2020, which feels like it was 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, tell us what you do, who you are, uh, why you love tea, how things have been going, whatever you want to tell us about you.
0: Yeah, uh so I'm Abby Morrison. I work with the societies, which is the American Society of Agronomy, Crop Science Society of America and Soil Science Society of America. Uh you can just call us the societies. That's fine. Uh, And I work in the publications department where I help authors get through the peer review process. And then I also run our podcast, Field Lab Earth, which is predominantly uh, interviews with our authors talking about their research, past and present advances in agronomic, crop soil and environmental science. Been doing that for close to three years now, maybe a little over. Yeah. Uh, So that's kind of what I do And good memory on knowing the episode number from that long ago.
1: I don't know why. I'm not sure why that's stuck in my head, but I was like, I think it's episode 17. (laughs) Miraculous. I don't know. Weird, weird. I choose to remember weird things. Like I have no idea what I did for breakfast today, but I knew that it was episode 17 from a year and a half ago. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Whatever. So speaking, how has your last year and a half been? Have you been okay? I know it's a weird year.
0: Yeah. Uh no, I've been pretty good on the whole. Uh I live a very lovely, good, blessed, beautiful life. So I'm doing well.
1: And you have a sugar glider and a pumpkin.
0: I do. I ha I have a sugar glider. That's my that's my fun fact for this episode. Uh his name is Thor and he is ten and he is the light of my life. <laughs> I, I love a, him very much. He's in a pumpkin pouch, not a real pumpkin.
1: It could go either way. No, she was like, I need to show you something. And I was like, okay. And she holds up the cutest animal I think I've ever seen. <laughs> I was like, what am I looking at? Yep. It was it was wonderful. I'll post a picture when for for those of you that might want to see a sugar glider. I'm sure you could Google that, but but Thor is very cute. He's a good boy. So we're talking about tea today. And, uh, we've talked about tea in a couple of different aspects, um, on the show, you know, it's production, it's consumption, just a little bit. Um, but I, I am honestly not as much of a tea drinker. Like I'm, I live in Texas, so I drink iced tea, uh, sweet tea a lot. Uh, but I was like, well, before we started, I was like, I have to go get a cup of coffee so we can talk about tea today. Um, how did you get into tea? Like, t- spill the tea on your love for tea. There's sure, one.
0: Sure, there, sure. I, I'm yeah,
1: I'm gonna write
0: these down. <laughs> yeah, uh, my my tea fanatic origin story. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have been a tea drinker pretty much my whole life. Uh, I live in a family that's like split between coffee and tea drinkers. Um, it's not like an aggressive split <laughs> It's very, very neutral um, But yeah I grew up Drinking a lot of like Constant Comment which is Bigelow's uh, Kind of signature uh, Bag tea flavor And iced tea all the time And uh, yeah I I just, I think I just Like it but then also What really like tipped me over the edge Then is I discovered this Tea site called Adagio
1: Full disclosure,
0: I do freelance work for them now as a blogger. Oh, cool. Yeah, uh very rad. Uh but I'm saying this as like a customer first. <laughs> uh not they're also great to work with, but like speaking as a customer they're great. Um and the reason I got sucked in is cuz you can create custom blends on their website. So for for you, Vikram, they they're like <laughs> Lord of the Rings teas. Got what? it? Yes. Like Anime teas, got it. Video games, like, whatever. You want to make your own tea for your friend? Sure, do it. Like, go for it. And I, like, as a giant nerd, I was like, yes, I have to own all of these nerd teas. And now I have, you know, cup- cupboards of tea. It's, it's a legitimate problem. Uh, but yeah, that's wow. kind of how I got into it. I think, uh, I was thinking about this earlier, and I was like, I think, I do a lot of creative writing, and I was like, I think creative writers have, like, Two camps and one is the person who's like, oh, the muse is here and I'm drinking my tea at my desk, looking out on my lovely garden. And then there's the other person who's like frantically hammering out their manuscript over coffee at like (laughs) 2 a.m. in the morning. (laughs) And they're both very like romanticized ideals of writers. And and I just kind of went towards one. More so than the other,
1: <laughs> one of those sounds considerably less stressful. Um, I know which one I am, yeah, uh, about writing and just life in general. I'm like, oh no, that's today. Uh, yeah uh, I find myself more often than I like to admit editing an episode at ten forty five p m and it needs to drop at midnight. and yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna be better on this one.
0: How I understand academia mostly through Twitter is definitely solidly more in one of those camps <laughs> on the whole. so listeners can decide which one they think that is.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, i will we'll leave that up to you so so let's talk uh a little bit about I, I guess tea as a I don't know how to say it tea as a commodity, like tea as a. Thing before we get into some of the specifics about like what your favorites are and all of those kinds of things. But uh, like, can you tell us a little bit about like where tea is produced, uh, types of tea, things like that? Just what goes into getting from a plant in a field somewhere, I don't even know where they grow it, uh, to your tea bag and your teacup?
0: Sure. So uh, before we, the first distinction is that most of what we'll be talking about today is if I'm being like a snob about it, is like real tea. So oh, there's okay. there's teas <laughs> and gauntlet thrown, right? So there <laughs> So there's teas and then there's tea zanes. So chamomile is a tea zane because it doesn't actually contain the tea plant in it. So the majority of your herbal teas, peppermint teas, cinnamon teas, uh, those are, well, I mean, cinnamon tea, if if it's just cinnamon by itself, would be a tea zane, whereas anything that actually contains the tea plant is officially a tea, and you can make tea out of Many, many different kinds of plants, but those are all tea zanes. So, huh, okay, the tea plant itself uh, there's two main varieties, and this is where you can be like the botany police on my <laughs> technical, <laughs> t- okay. technical terms here. Um, <clears throat> but there's two types. So, the first is Camellia sinensis var assamica, uh, which hopefully I pronounced that all correctly, mm-hmm. and that's going to be a large leaf tea. Um, It's also called Indian tea because it's primarily grown in India. And then there's Chinese tea, which is Camellia sinensis var sinensis. And that's small leaf tea. Um, And they're both used for different kinds of teas. They're grown in different regions. Um, Obviously, Chinese tea is primarily grown in China. Also, Japan grows a lot of the small leaf tea. And then, but it's also grown in uh, Sri Lanka, which is where you get, if you've seen Ceylon tea, um, oh. that's because that region was originally Ceylon. Uh, but then for, I'm guessing, branding <laughs> reasons or whatever, they just keep calling it Ceylon tea. Uh, India, China, Nepal, Vietnam, Thailand, uh, a lot of Asian regions can grow tea. Uh, so that's kind of an overview of the plant itself.
1: Okay. Um, See, I didn't I don't guess I realized it was grown that like widely or like distributed that widely like across across the world. Uh, So most of it's coming out of like Asia, though, different parts of Asia. Yep. Okay, it's very cool. Um, So, you know, you've talked about this a little bit, but I I go to the store and my wife likes tea um, and she's like, go buy me some tea. And I'm like, "Okay, I don't. Sure. Uh, and there's a lot of different like types, like uh, black tea, green tea, white tea. I, I, what what are the differences there? Is it like something about the production? Is it a, diff- a different part of the plant? Where do those different like components or different types of tea come from?
0: Sure. So tea is uh, how it gets from the plant to your cup is basically they're picking in most teas. Anyway, they're picking the leaves and Uh, typically, the way I understand it, which, which, by the way, this is my opportunity to throw in that, like, I am an armchair tea enthusiast. So, like, please don't be like, Adagio only hires fools if I screw anything up. Or, like, please don't let it reflect on them in any way. Opinion zone tea enthusiast over here. Um, But generally, the way it works, to my understanding, is kind of the closer you get to the end of the stem is more high quality tea leaves because they're going to be smaller when they're closer Mm. to the end. So that's where you get terms like buds and tips. Um, Like PG tips is a really popular uh, English brand of tea. Or you'll see things that are like only, only with the tips. Uh, that typically just means they're referring to a higher quality of tea. Okay. Um, and so basically how it works is they will pick the tea plants. And then once it's picked, it starts to oxidize. And so then – and along that process, they'll have sometimes other treatments. They might let it sit out a little bit. They might immediately – Uh, stop that oxidization process they might bruise the tea like kind of roll it to increase the bruising Hmm. um, which all impacts the flavor tea has a very broad flavor profile Um, and then when they want to stop that oxidization process that is when they'll apply heat to stop that so the different types of tea that you have Um, from lighter teas to dark teas, are based on how long they've been allowed to oxidize, how much they've been bruised, anything like that. So there's several main categories of tea. White tea is going to be the least oxidized. It has kind of more a delicate, really light flavor. Um, So that's usually paired with maybe more floral or uh, fruity flavors typically in white teas or just by itself. Then you have green teas, which tend to be kind of more that grassy uh, flavor that people associate with like a matcha or, I mean, green tea in general. Uh, Then you have a oolong tea, which is kind of partway between a green tea and a black tea. Uh, Black teas are going to be really oxidized, typically bruised, that kind of thing. And then you have puer teas, which are fermented. Uh, and those actually kind of come in bricks. So they'll just like smoosh them into a big brick and then you like chip off little pieces as you go. Huh. You can also get it loose leaf, but sometimes they come in bricks. Um, and those those are aged, obviously, uh, as part of the fermentation process. And then you have a couple other like popular teasane camps. Um, so one of them would be Ruibos, which is a made from the rubus bush from Africa, South Africa, and that's going to be decaf, so it's commonly used as a decaffeinated uh, alternate to black tea. And then you have mates, which are made from holly, uh, and those, uh, we can talk about that more in a bit, but those are kind of some of the major... And then you have, obviously, herbals, which is the more t and those typically don't have caffeine in them unless you've added something else that has caffeine in it.
1: Hmm. So, okay, which tea is the most like coffee? Black Ooh.
0: tea? I mean, black tea is going to have the strongest flavor. Uh, I realized I just stopped describing their flavors
1: after green tea.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, We so like, know
1: which one you like now.
0: <laughs> no, so like, green, <laughs> I like black tea, actually. So so oolong teas have like an earthy flavor, um, typically, Uh, and then black teas have more of, like, an astringent flavor, um, so, like, any strong breakfast tea, uh black teas stand up really well to breakfasty foods like sausage mm. eggs that kind of stuff that's why it's often used as a breakfast tea um and then a pu'er is going to depend on the tea um there's some on adagio that they're like it's got like a hay flavor which sounds like why would i want that but it's mm. so good like mm. it's really good or it's like foresty and, like, mushroomy and earthy. Um, So that kind of depends on the treatment and the type of tea and where it's grown. Uh, Tea is very heavily impacted by things like elevation, moisture, humidity, uh, whether or not it's covered when it's growing or not, which uh, impacts green teas from Japan a lot, specifically. Um, But, yeah, that's kind of an overview there.
1: Okay. I feel like – and, again, I'm – it's such an interesting industry because it is, you know, as far as production goes, fairly localized. And you know, I, I compare it to other like beverage industries. And you know, everyone's addicted to coffee, whatever. Not everyone, but worldwide, people are, you know, drinking their hot bean water and getting up in the morning or whatever. And I think people drink, people I probably, probably drank tea for longer worldwide than we've been commonly consuming coffee. It's like so. This is like a very old thing right like we've been drinking tea forever
0: thousands of years
1: okay and and i feel like in some ways it hasn't changed much like we're still doing some of the same things right like it seems Mm -hmm. like we're still drinking the same tea as that someone some emperor might have two three thousand years ago
0: yeah yeah it's uh i know some of it has changed as far as like having automated machinery um or tea is really sensitive to humidity um, when it's oh, okay. when it's processing so you have to be careful that it doesn't start to like mold or rot um, before you get into the drying process so certain teas have like really humid humidity controlled environments that they're processed in but other places do just lay it out in the sun and kind of do it old school. um, it really depends. obviously, the more hand processed ones are going to be more expensive. Also, uh, you should probably like pay attention to where your tea is coming from because not every tea plantation is super ethical <laughs> or yeah. in the way that they treat their employees. Sure. Um, so just be be aware. <laughs> like you might want to just look into it a little bit um, like any other industry, really, unfortunately. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, and and that is unfortunate, right? I think – and that's almost something we always – maybe we don't talk about enough, but as we talk about any, like, food com- – maybe any commodity in general, but, like, especially food and drinks and things like that, there's a lot of shady stuff that goes down. Mm-hmm. And so, like, whether you're uh, buying wine or tea or coffee or anything in between, uh, avocados are a big one that have a lot of, like, issues tied up to them, you know, mm-hmm. from – cartels to everything else i mean like yeah it, it's probably good to know where your food's coming from in general
0: yeah yeah and adagio does have like a roots campaign where they're like here's some people that we buy from and like what That's they say cool. about their tea so it's neat you can check it out if you want to
1: i i do want to i <laughs> i wrote down lord of the rings tea i it's, will it's,
0: i will hook you up with some links it it's a oh rabbit goodness. hole though <laughs> oh i
1: don't care <laughs> so okay uh i want to i want to know how much of a purist you are uh are you team loose leaf or team bagged or does it depend
0: uh it depends i mean like i said earlier constant comment is one of my favorite teas uh and i still drink it i i drink a lot of loose leaf tea uh predominantly loose leaf at this point, but I also just have a lot of it. <laughs> and it, I mean, it's very, it's a, it's a product you don't go through very quickly.
1: <laughs> right. I
0: mean, you can only drink so many cups of tea a day uh, and you only use so much tea when you make it at a time. <laughs> so I do drink a lot of it, but I'm not like, I will never drink bad tea. And <laughs> I mean, there's different, like you use it for different stuff too. So, mm. you know.
1: Is there is there actually – so I mean, this is something I think about a lot. And I think there is a – maybe a perception when you think of these two products of like, oh, this is loose leaf. It's more know, bougie, whatever. Like it's fancy, right? Mm-hmm. Is, is there actually like a quality – like if you were to get uh, black tea loose leaf or black tea in a bag, is there actually a quality difference between the two products?
0: There is. There is. So – That deals with the uh, production process. So T is graded, and their grading system is just bonkers. I will be (laughs) honest. It is like very opaque and difficult to understand from the (laughs) outside because they give them just these bizarre grades. Like, this isn't even actually one, I'm sure. Or it might be just by chance, but it'll just be like grade PPG, Pico, PPG, A bgp and i'm just like what does that even mean and so a lot of it comes down to like that it the tips you know are you using the tips or are you not um okay. are you using full leaves or are they broken up a little bit and what goes into tea bags typically speaking is going to be uh tea dust or fannings which is basically when they're done processing and getting out the other you know the the more complete leaves. They're left over with broken leaf pieces. They're left over with just kind of some crumbly bits. And that's what goes typically into a tea bag. Unless, of course, you're just putting your loose leaf in a bag. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So there is a quality difference there. Um, I tend to find bag teas are... uh, They're a little stronger on their flavors. I know Hmm. you mentioned this on your your other episode with uh gigaskopy
1: mm-hmm.
0: y- yeah okay uh about you know like the flavored teas can sometimes be like a little overpowering um which is sometimes due to how long you steep it for that makes mm. a big impact um but i find loose leaf teas tend to be a little more nuanced or complex um they're not going to you know hit you over the head quite as hard
1: Okay, well, that makes sense. Yeah, that all makes sense. And I guess the, you know, the brew method changes to a little bit, you know, in some mm-hmm. ways use a, a filter or a strainer or something like that to, uh, or a tea ball. We have mm-hmm. this weird tea ball that looks like a foot and I don't know why, but it does. And um, I, I'm not sure where it came from. I found it in a drawer one day. I was like, what is this? My wife was <laughs> like, I think it's a tea strainer. And I was like, okay, excellent, like, whatever. Sure. I'll use it. I'll put a foot in my tea. Why not? Uh, um, two other things. I if I ever if if I ever start a tea company, uh, I call dibs on the name crumbly bits <laughs> and uh, so crumbly <laughs> bits tea. if you're out there listening, that's mine. Okay. dibs uh, and two that's definitely going in this episode title <laughs> <laughs> I like I
0: like crumbly bits because it implies by its name like slightly better than bagged, but still not the best. <laughs> Like that's just your slogan. It's just like kind of mediocre by design. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Crumbly bits tea. We're very much okay.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think okay, like, might be a T grade, so you might need to be careful. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, my goodness. Okay. Uh, okay, I'll get my composure package in a second. I'm gonna have to drop some elevator music in here to <coughs> tide us over. Okay. So that's really interesting. So you mentioned um, uh, mates and some different like types of tea. You said they come from okay. Holly's, like, you know, that that makes me think like yerba mate. Are there are there others as well? And can you tell us a little bit more about that?
0: Yeah, so mate teas are, uh, yerba mate is kind of the the king of the mate world. Usually when I see other things, like other versions of mate, it's usually just because they're adding a flavor of some kind or combining mm, okay. it with some other, some such. Um, so yeah, mate is made from holly, and it's associated really strongly with um, gauchos, who are basically south american cowboys so they're really strongly associated with uh argentina and uruguay uh parts of brazil and other regions of south america and so they would drink mate they basically just take a ton of it and just like smash it down into a cup which i think traditionally was a gourd but now they'll use like wood or metal Hmm. Uh, and then they have this straw, a metal straw with, like, a little filter on the end, and they just stab that into their tea gourd. And then they would actually pass it around um, and just, like, share a cup as, like, a community bonding hmm. thing. So it's really strongly associated um, with that culture. Uh, should I talk about some other cool weird teas? Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so, um, so, time, Sushong is one of my favorites that is a smoked tea so that one uh when they're going through that drying process they're basically smoking the tea uh which makes the flavor very smoky there are several smoky teas out there uh gunpowder is another one which is like a really cool thing to order at a restaurant you're like oh, i want I would- gunpowder <laughs> tea uh it makes it sound really cool mm-hmm. uh And gunpowder tea is another smoky tea, uh, which is part of where it gets its name from. And then also because the tea leaves are curled into these little pellets that kind of look similar to gunpowder. Along that same line, we also have pearls. So they're like dragon pearls. You might see like jasmine or phoenix pearls or some cool name. And that's, again, where they're curling the tea. They're kind of rolling it into a ball shape as they process it. Uh, Jasmine Tea, I know you and Giannis are both fans of that one. Uh, that one is actually made, they put the flower petals on top of the tea, and then they take it off, and then they put newly new petals on, and then they take it off, and then they might huh. do that up to, like, seven times to infuse the flavor of the tea, but they're not going to include the actual Jasmine petals in the final product. Okay. So sometimes they'll do that with teas to add flavor. They'll just be like, hang out, buy this other flavor for a little bit, and then <laughs> come back over here by yourself. It's
1: like, it's like the LaCroix of tea. <laughs> it
0: just... was tra-
1: transported near a strawberry. It's <laughs> yes. a strawberry flavored.
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's, it's like, go make friends with that, and then you'll pick up some <laughs> of their habits, and then you can come back over here. Um, <laughs> Japanese teas are uh, their own... Oh, like, whole other shebang, which is really fun. So there's kind of a, a f- like family tree of Japanese teas. So in Japan, they're mostly growing the Chinese small leaf tea, because um, small leaf teas are typically used for more of the white and green teas, because they have kind of that delicate, more fine flavor. And then the large leaf teas, they're like, well, we're gonna, like, bruise it and beat it up and cut it up and whatever else <laughs> we're gonna do to it anyway, so whatever. <laughs> it's fine. Um... So, in Japan, they're using the small leaf teas, uh, primarily, and then they actually steam it, uh, which brings out some of that bright green color. So, Hmm. green teas that are Japanese green teas are going to have a greener color in the cup. And so, there's like Sencha, which is the most popular green tea, and that's kind of just like your basic green tea. And then there's also like Shade Grown Tea, which is Gyokuro. And that's covered before um, before harvesting for a little bit. It changes the composition of the leaf a little bit, increases the chlorophyll, uh, and a few other things. And then that is ground into uh, tencha, which is kind of like broken up gyokuro. And then tencha is ground to make matcha. Uh, by the way, cha is like kind of the root word that tea comes from. So in like Chinese and uh. Indian, it's cha or chai. Hmm. Uh, ocha is tea in Japanese, and then there's might be kocha. I think is black tea. So okay. if you order tea in Japan, just like by itself, they're gonna give you green tea. So Americans, be warned if you're used <laughs> to it, just like default black tea. Yeah, um, or most Europeans probably. Uh, just be aware if you ever take a trip to Japan, <laughs> you may need to specify. Uh, and then. So that's kind of the shade grown teas and then the non-shade grown trees. Uh, you'll get Sencha, you'll get Bancha, which is like second flush or second harvest Sencha is called Bancha. And then they also like Japan is like, we could do other stuff besides just put the leaves in the cup. <laughs> like we could like we can do more. So they have uh, hojicha, which is roasted tea. So they'll roast it in typically like a porcelain ceramic type deal. Okay. Um, And then it turns, the leaves turn brown like you would expect if they were roasted. Uh, Kukicha or bocha, I think, is stick tea. And that is where they're putting the stem in with the leaf. Hmm. Um, Yeah, and... Kukicha is um, a mild tea. It's used a lot for like elderly people or kids because it's fairly low in caffeine. Uh, I think it's Kukicha. It might be Hojicha now that I think about it because I think the roasting like changes it. One of those two <laughs> is really good for, for uh, they use it a lot for elderly people. Uh, it's gentle on the stomach, kids, low caffeine kind of deal. Sure. Um, and then there's also Genmai Cha which is where they put puffed rice in the tea. Interesting. And yes. It tastes like warm Rice Krispies, which sounds weird if you're used to tea, but it's really good. Like, just be aware. You'll be freaked out because you're expecting tea, but it tastes like, it's like rice warm Krispies. Rice Krispies. <laughs> uh, oh. it's, it's quite good. Um, and so, like, which makes sense because puffed rice, puffed rice cereals, yeah, that sure. kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, that one was made, I think, because they were basically trying to, like, stretch their tea supplies. So they're like, well, we'll just put in rice because we have a lot of that and, like, make it go farther. Yeah, sure. Um, which is actually also kind of where chai came from, which is the next one on our list. So chai, uh, is made with basically a blend of spices and each blend is called a karha. And each Karha is going to be different based on the vendor, the household, whoever is making the tea will have their own specialty blend, but that's going to often have clove, cinnamon, ginger, uh, like allspice, any any kind of like fall flavor. That's why chai is such a good like fall and winter tea. Um, But it was kind of developed because – people in India were having to drink more tea because of the Indian tea company. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is what, like, I, I wrote about this a while ago. So hopefully I'm not like completely butchering <laughs> this story again. That's my like <laughs> covering my butt on that. Sure. Um, but basically they were like, well now we have to drink all of this tea, but like, that's expensive. So they're like, well, why don't we just supplement it with these spices and milk that we have more of? And that's kind of where Chai came out of. Uh, Chai also uses mammary tea. It's also called CTC tea, which is uh, something tear and cut. But it's basically like they chop it up into little pellets. Okay. Um so that's where ta- uh, chai is going to come from. We talked about mate. There's blossoming teas, um, and that's where people kind of like stitch these beautiful little tea balls, and then you put it in your tea, and it like unfurls in your drink. Um, so most people try to drink that out of like a clear <laughs> container, so they can I've see seen how it. pretty. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so they'll it's usually really like cool. put a bunch of stuff in there, like f- floral things, uh, inside <laughs> of those ones. And then there's also Arabica tea, which is actually made from coffee leaves. So uh, it doesn't taste super coffee-ish. So uh, be be warned. Uh, And to answer your previous question, I would say probably black tea is closest to coffee because it has the strongest flavor and the most caffeine. The flavors aren't super similar, um, but you could get like a flavored tea that has common coffee additive flavors like hazelnut or vanilla, anything like that. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of some of the cool teas that are just produced a little differently than most teas um, or have extra stuff thrown in there. Yeah, uh, it's neat
1: that. Oh, yeah. No, it's super fascinating. Um, it Did we talk about matcha? Is that actually tea?
0: Oh, yes. Matcha is actually tea. So matcha is uh, ground tea. So they grind it into a powder, and then um, there's actually, like, a, a process by which you make matcha. Oh, okay. Um, and so that is, uh, there's actually, like, a whole ceremony. So I guess I'm going to, like, jump us ahead on, on sure, this one. Sure, that's um, So in Japan, there's the Japanese tea ceremony, and this can go from, like, semi-formal to, like, you're spending an afternoon on this process. <laughs> um, and it's really cool. Cause there's like, I think it's like up to seven different stages that you can have. It's very formalized. Um, and the full tea ceremony, there's like schools that you learn tea ceremonies and their wow. name. If I'm remembering this correctly, uh, I went to a couple of library events about this, uh, but the different schools are named after like different sections of the house so it's like back room school and like front room school or whatever and they all had like different like philosophical approaches to the tea ceremony and that manifests in how like how they do it down to This is how you pull out a little handkerchief to wipe down your tools. This is how you snap and then fold it. Here's how many times you wipe down your little scoop (laughs) before you get the tea. Like where you place everything and in what order. Um, And you literally will join like a club to learn how to do it properly. Um, It's really cool. That's amazing. Yeah. And if you do the full thing, there's different stages. Um, there's like a snack stage in there somewhere, which is like the best stage. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but when you're making matcha at home, you're probably not going to like break out all of that. But if you're, uh, doing it like the semi, semi legitimate way. Semi pro uh, matcha. Yeah. Semi pro, uh, <laughs> the crumbly bits approach to, to matcha production. This is my favorite thing. <laughs> Uh, you're going to have a special bowl, it's called a chawan bowl, or a matcha bowl, and you're going to put a little bit of the tea in, and then you're going to put a little bit of water, or, well, you're going to put all the tea in that you're going to use, and there's, like, a special little scoop that you use, you scoop it in, you add a little bit of water, and kind of make, like, a paste, and then you add more water, and you have a specialized whisk that you whisk in, like, a very specific, they're like, it's not, like, a circular thing, it's side to side, they're like, don't. It's side to side people. It's what very are you important. Doing? And like it but like it weirdly does have an effect <laughs> on huh. how your magic comes out. And then ideally you'll get like a like a bubbly layer on top, kind of like a foam almost. Mm-hmm. And that's how you know it's like, you know, and then obviously you want to make sure it's like fully incorporated. And then you just pour it out into your cups, uh, from there. I'm I'll admit I'm not good at getting the foam. <laughs> Like, so I'm usually just like, I'm going to do it. And then I'm like, "Eh, close enough. (laughs) Do what I can. Um, But yeah, so matcha is, it's the full leaf being crushed into the tea. So it's very high in caffeine uh, because you're basically getting, you're like eating a tea leaf. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. You know.
1: That's so fascinating. And I I love that tea (laughs) is kind of like a whole experience, right? Mm -hmm. It's such an experiential thing. And I think, uh, cultures worldwide have kind of like you're talking about just made it this really incredible like event or part of the day. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I stuck six scoops of coffee in my coffee maker and pushed to go. And I came set and sat down. I was like looking out my window, like, is it ready yet? Like, you know, and, and that I say that, I mean, I do pour over coffees and I'll do Turkish coffee and things like that, which is a little more involved, but it, I, I feel like, there is so much culture and, uh, you know, uh, whether it's uh, spirituality or just like something to the process of tea being made, I think it's so cool. Mm-hmm. I just realized you're drinking out of a Marvel cup. And I am.
0: You're it's just like favorite my Thor person. cup because of Thor, <laughs> the trigger Glider. It's all coming together.
1: <laughs> it's coming together. I love it. Um, no, that's so cool. That is really fascinating. But hey, let's take a quick break and then uh, we'll be back to talk more about tea and tea ceremonies and rituals and everything that goes along with it. Well, hey there. Welcome to the mid-roll. Everyone's favorite part of the episode. Actually, I genuinely hope that's not true. I hope this is no one's no one's favorite part of the episode. But hi. Hi, it's me again. I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about where you can find Planthropology out there on the interwebs. So I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter as Planthropology. If you head over to TikTok, I am at the plant prof for better or worse. You can find me there. If you would be so kind to look me up on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser or anywhere else actually and leave me a rating and review, I would very, very, very much appreciate it. I love rating them, uh, whether they're good or bad or indifferent. I like getting your feedback and I like being able to incorporate your thoughts into the show. So obviously I would love a glowing review and a five-star rating, but you can be honest. You can be honest with me. I, I can take it. My heart will go on near or far Where, wherever you are anyway so connect with plant apology if you want to support the show i am on buymeacoffee.com slash coffeecom apology uh for the cost of however many american dollars or foreign dollars i guess you want to give me i will probably literally spend it on coffee so if you'd like to support the show uh do that but if not that's okay too um, because I have the amazing support as well of the Texas Tech Department of Plant and Soil Science, without whom this would not be possible. So thanks so much to Dr. Ritchie and everyone at the PSS department for um, letting me do this thing and for being so supportive. So normally I'd play a trailer for you or whatever, uh, and, and I was going to play one for Field Lab Earth for Abby, but I don't think she has a trailer yet, maybe, I'm not sure. At any rate, I'm just going to tell you, go listen to the Field Lab Earth podcast with Abby Morrison. It's delightful. It's so good. She's a better interviewer than I am, and she is about a million times more prepared for every episode than I have ever been for anything in my life. So you will love Field Lab Earth. You get to hear really great stories, hear about really great research, and just get to hear more of Abby's lovely voice. So uh, that's all. I hope you enjoyed this mid-roll And back to the episode, oh, I don't know, any second now. Talking a little bit about, like, brewing tea. Like, if you're going to go make the, you know, this is maybe a big question, especially because of everything you just told me. But, like, are there water temperatures that are better for different kinds of teas? I mean, I have a coffee pot that has buttons on it. Or, like, like not a coffee pot, a... um, (coughs) electric kettle oh my goodness words yes thank you an electric kettle that has buttons on it It says like green tea and black tea and i if i want one i push the button and i don't think about it any more than that Mm -hmm. uh i would assume that would like affect the extraction of the tannins and all the different things that like flavor a tea is that accurate i mean
0: yes uh yeah water temperature and brewing time is very important for tea so the the lighter the tea is, the, the cooler the temperature you're going to want. Okay. So black teas are typically made at a boil. Uh, green teas are more like 180. Hmm. Uh, and white teas can be a little bit lighter than that. Oolongs will fluctuate. And sometimes it depends on w- what tea you're getting and what the supplier says. Most suppliers will tell you, like... This is okay. the water you should use, and for how long. Uh, please follow it if you want your tea to taste at its best. Um, because what happens if you have the water too hot is it's going to burn the tea and it's going to scald it, and that is not not the best. Uh, and that's important not only for the water temperature but also for the brewing time. Because you know okay. a lot of a lot of black a lot of teas are typically like two to three or three to five minutes, hmm. um, and. Again, that will vary, too. Like, bag teas, sometimes they're, like, just until you want it to be done. <laughs> they're, like, how, however strong you want this to go. Um, herbal teas are similar in that herbal teas can often be, you know, to, to taste.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I am a frequent accidental overbrewer of tea, <laughs> uh, which will really get you if you're doing, like, a cinnamon tea or, like, a chamomile, and you're just like, this is too far gone. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So that does it does matter though, um, and a pro tip for you is if you want stronger flavor, don't steep it for longer. Increase the tea leaves um, okay. because otherwise you're just gonna you're just gonna burn it. Not increase the flavor. You just need to add you know twice as much tea or whatever, two bags, whatnot.
1: Okay. Um, Fast. So for someone like me whose brain doesn't work. And I'll start a cup of tea and then go like mow the lawn or do literally anything else mm-hmm. uh, and then come back an hour later and I'm like, oh, crap. Sh- should I, one, I know which one I do and I want to know which one you think I should do. Should I, one, throw it out and start over mm-hmm. or two, pop it in the microwave?
0: Um, I mean, it's <laughs> – I thought for sure you were just going to say drink it anyway, which is usually what I do. It's just no, like, that's I nah, I fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's whatever. Um, I think it depends. I mean, cuz some people are like I want tea that is just completely scalded and they're mm-hmm. super into that. If if it's cool and you want to heat it up, like you can for sure do that. If as long as the tea bag is out, like changing the temperature isn't really going to change the flavor. Okay. That much it, in so much as like most things that are cold like need to warm up a little bit for their flavors to come out um, sure. a little bit more. That's why iced teas are typically brewed a little stronger um, yeah. or they, or they can be or brewed for longer. Okay. So it's not really going to like fix it. If you've already burnt it or scalded it and adding water, isn't necessarily going to f- like, it might help dilute it a little bit, <laughs> um, but there's not really a way to go back. Uh, I'm not super fancy as a human, so I'm usually just like, eh, it's fine. <laughs> I'm like, it's I don't, wanna, I don't want to waste it. Um, <laughs> so I usually just drink it anyway. But that, so I don't know if that answers your question at oh, it all. Does. But, yeah, okay, it does, but okay. Well,
1: I, I, I ask that because, like, I am a chronic. Like, I'll reheat the same cup of coffee like four times sometimes, mm-hmm. and some of my coffee snob buddies are like, "What you do? What? Yeah, like you sinner." Philistine, yeah. like yeah. it's you know, I will get uh shamed for reheating my <laughs> cup of coffee in the microwave. And I'm like, look, at some point, if I don't have caffeine, we're gonna have a problem. Yep. So, you know, yep. uh that's that's me. That's I'm that guy. Yep. Um <clears throat> so we you you've covered a lot of this already, but if you were to like say, these are my favorites, mm-hmm. if I could only drink like two teas for the rest of my life, what what are your favorite teas and why?
0: Oh man. Um I was like, I'm so ready. And then you're like, you get two. And I was like, oh no, I'm not ready.
1: <laughs> okay, it can be a couple, okay, however okay. many you want. A
0: few. A few. Okay. Uh, so I'll I'll be honest. Uh, that, so one of the like fandom tees. Oh, side note on the fandom teas from Adagio They have this cool thing where if you they'll like put two tees in a fandom together and they're like because these two teas are shipped together, oh, you get them for cheaper. So they're just like, whatever your favorite ship is, Like put it together and you can get a discount. <laughs> and I love it so much.
1: That's awesome.
0: It's very clever. Uh, but anyway, uh, so there's actually like a fandom group for a show called Fruits Basket, which is an anime. And don't anybody okay. judge me. <laughs> Because <laughs> no it's, really, it's like really weird it's like a it's like a romantic comedy but like with the weird nonsense in it okay uh which is fine and so uh kyo tea which is what i'm drinking today it's like my my favorite tea okay. uh Hatori tea and hatsuharu tea from that collection are really really good okay. um and i can send you links to that or whatever yeah um i like earl grey a lot like or just like basic Black teas. I'm very much into like black and gray teas. White teas are usually a little too delicate for me. Um, so like anything past green, I'm probably good. Uh Dragonwell is really good. That was another uh that's another unique tea because they walk fire it to uh, stop the heating, the oxidization oh, okay. process. Yeah, so they basically just like throw it all in a walk and then like press it against the sides. So it's got a very distinctive um like, flat appearance hmm. um, to it. And uh, Japanese teas are also, like, rolled, so that's another way you can tell them apart is because they're, oh, like, okay. little little tubes, <laughs> tea tubes. Okay. Uh, I like Genmaicha Cha a lot, and I like smoky teas uh, a lot. And then Adagio has a lot of seasonal teas that are, like, really nice custom blends. They've got uh, Halloween teas, so those are, like, that entire collection, phenomenal. So... Yeah, but really anything like pass green, and I'm fine. I'm not crazy for herbal teas. Um, okay. You know, they don't have a lot of caffeine, and it's usually just like fruit <laughs> flavors or, <laughs> or like some flowers in a cup. <laughs> and I, I'm like, I want the tea flavor, um, so I'm not usually too keen on those. But I'm not above them in any way either, so.
1: Right. So if someone's going to serve it to you, you'll drink it. Yeah. You're not going to like secretly pour it out on the house plant. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Although it, uh, it is
0: good for plants, tea is good for plants as like a compost kind of yeah. thing. If you're careful, Yeah, it lot, it. Not lot, too much. lots
1: of yeah, lots of nitrogen and, and stuff in it, so plants would like that. Mm-hmm. Um okay, you said earlier that I, again, I've I don't take a lot of notes. I know you know this about me that I am not a very good adult. Um but I wrote down, you know, for sure Lord of the Rings tea because, yes. you know. <laughs>
0: And Lord of the Rings
1: That's actually literally pretty much all that's on my notes Yeah Um, Is there a best Is it just like Lord of the Rings in general Or if I wanted like You know Gollum in the uh, Dead marshes is that a thing I could get
0: I mean I don't think I Want to taste anything that tastes like (laughs) Gollum in the dead marshes so I probably Would (laughs) recommend against Like someone trying To sell you that uh, I haven't looked into their Lord of the Rings ones uh, too closely, to be honest. Uh, I mostly am after that Fruits Basket Life on their custom <laughs> tees. And like Full Metal Alchemist, they've got oh, some yes. really, really good ones for that. Um, but the ships on that collection are Bonkers, and
1: On the full metal one.
0: Yeah, I like went through the list and like rewrote it out and like showed my mom, and she's like, you, "This doesn't matter. Like, you can't change what it is on the side." I was like, "Yeah, but it could be better, mom.
1: It could like, be better. Is look it,
0: at this."
1: Okay, is there one for Nina and her dog?
0: Uh There is. Is
1: it too soon? I don't. <laughs>
0: You know, I don't think there is one for Nina, but they've got like some weird side characters in there. Like Shizuka and then like Rebecca or like whatever hmm. like um Hawkeye's friend.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like
0: she's in there. Uh Rose it's weird. Rose has a T. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like some some of the ships are just like weird. Like Winry and Ed are not a ship and Hawkeye and Mustang are not a ship. And I was like,
1: that doesn't make any sense.
0: I don't know what you're if, doing. If,
1: if you're listening to this and you have no idea what the heck we're talking about, one, I'm not sorry. <laughs> and two, go watch Full Metal Alchemist. It will ruin your life.
0: In, in uh, a good way.
1: In a good way, but it's so sad. Yeah. It's, it's very good, but it's yes. very sad. Yes. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, I feel like we should – I don't know. I'm glad we're friends.
0: Yeah.
1: I agree. <laughs> I enjoy talking to you. I agree. <laughs> um, so – what what else? What did we miss? Are there other interesting things about tea we didn't cover?
0: Yeah, there's loads, uh, but I will restrain myself. <laughs> so uh, we've talked a little bit. I've got two main things I'll, I'll maybe touch on. So uh, first is other tea ceremonies. So we've talked a little bit about how Japan does tea ceremonies. We've talked about uh, mate in South America. And then the other major one I wanted to hit on was Moroccan tea ceremonies. So uh Moroccan mint tea is typically made with uh, gunpowder or some kind of green tea and then mint added and then it uh, <clears throat> they add a lot of sugar to it and there's like a it's used a lot for hospitality uh, sometimes business deals um, just as part of their day um, but they have this like weird, Tri- well, not weird, like it's very cool. <laughs> I, I don't mean to say it's weird. I mean it's <laughs> it's different than what I'm used to, but it's very, very cool and awesome, and I like it a lot. Um, but they do this bartender trick shot thing with it where they're like you you it's you try to pour it from like a foot or huh. of space, and it's like considered better if you pour it from higher. Um, partly because then you get bubbles on the top, which is part of what they're looking for, um, in like a good tea ceremony. So it's like a sweet minty, maybe slightly smoky kind of tea, um, with like a really high pour. They've got special, um, like tea kettles that are designed to be more like they have a, I think they have like a smaller, uh, spout so that it's not just like pouring out out of it. (laughs) Kettle. Like <laughs> yeah. And they're like, I sure hope I don't miss. Is is very like specific. Okay. Um, so that's really cool. Um, I know like Russia and uh probably probably India. Um I would say like just making chai is part of the process in India and they have like street vendors a lot and they use just clay cups and then when you're mm-hmm. done you can just like throw it on the ground because it's just that's, clay. Sounds fun. <laughs> so, yeah. It's the, it's the Thor like another <laughs> <laughs> another Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm assuming that's not the inspiration for this, you know, decades long tradition uh, is not the Marvel movie. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of a, another tea ceremony I wanted to mention. And then um, cooking with tea is like another cool thing that you can do. Um, I That's part of what I do for Adagio is I sometimes write like recipes for them. Um, cool. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I'm... I don't consider myself a chef in any way, so it's very, it's like a good growth area for me to just be like, let's try it. And then usually it turns out fine. So, um, Crumbly Bits recipes. <laughs> um, so, uh, so, yeah, cooking with tea is really cool. There's a lot of different ways that you can do it. So, uh, obviously, if there's any recipe that's like, use water, you can just use tea. It's the easiest oh. way to incorporate tea in your recipes. Okay. That's really useful for... Um, I find it's easy to get tea into baked goods because there's a lot of just sure. easy ways to incorporate it. And with uh, wet ingredients, you can also steep it into things like milk or cream. Mm-hmm. Um, that's an easy way to add it. You can also add it as like a dry ingredient. Um So there's a few different ways that you can do that. You can add it just as a straight-up whole leaf and then just get, like, a little leaf of tea as you're eating. You can do that uh, in, like, a pie crust. I recently did that, and it was pretty good. Uh, You can also grind it up, which is, like, matcha. If you want to turn any baked good into a matcha baked good, just add, like, two tablespoons... Maybe teaspoons. I would have to look back. Try <laughs> them both. Those are very <laughs> different amounts of no, I th- matcha. I think,
1: I think if you're listening, you should just, like, go with whatever you have. Just, and, and just dump see in how it, as see how much matcha
0: as you can possibly get in there. <laughs> um, but it's really it's really fun. It's good for Halloween baked, baked goods. Uh, it's really good with raspberry and white chocolate if you're, like, not too keen on the matcha flavor. That's, a, that's an easy way to, like, temper that grassiness. Um but, yeah, I really enjoy cooking with tea. Uh, just, like, a note on the, if you're just throwing the tea in there, just be aware of, like, what else is in your tea. Like, tea itself is edible, but, like, if you have a chai that just has a straight-up clove in it, you don't want to, <laughs> like, bite down into a straight clove in your cake or whatever. <laughs> so just be, like, aware <laughs> or grind it down, you know, if there's anything in there that you're, like, you know, if there's fruit in it and you don't want a stem, <laughs> just, you know use good judgment in your ingredients
1: yeah absolutely Um,
0: but yeah that's that's pretty much it um iced teas are pretty easy you can make any tea into an iced tea uh there's a few different ways you can do that you can brew it at like a higher strength and then add ice because the ice will melt and dilute the tea flavor so you just brew it stronger to start you can just make it normal and put it in the fridge <laughs> if you've got time. <laughs> There's sun brewing, uh, which is like the Lipton does that a lot. They have mm-hmm. special bags for sun brewing. Um, I haven't looked too much into the science of it yet, but it's cool. Yeah, uh, and yeah, that's pretty much how iced tea works. It's pretty straight- straightforward. <laughs> All
1: right, I'm I'm currently, as we speak, looking at um, one of your tea blogs. Uh, on the Adagio website. And I, I'm going to have to make, and all of you should go home and make, a Campfire S'mores milkshake. Because, oh my God, this <laughs> looks delicious.
0: It was real good.
1: <laughs> okay. One I'm proud cup, of that one. One cup of Campfire S'mores brewed at three times strength, two scoops of vanilla ice cream, one scoop of chocolate ice cream, graham crackers and marshmallows, and a creme brulee torch. I love this so much. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and that's the other thing about cooking with tea is usually you'll want to brew it if you're using it just as a tea or steeping it into something, it's usually advisable to like brew it with extra tea in it to make sure that it can stand up to the other flavors because it's pretty easy to wash it out as a flavor. So, I usually do like three times as strong.
1: Okay. Well, I'm I have found a new a new thing to Spend my time doing is making tea milkshakes. I'm really excited. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm so glad I could send you down this path. Oh,
1: I'm so happy. I'm so happy, happy, happy to right walk now. it with you. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, so before we start wrapping up, do you wanna uh, plug your podcast a little bit? We talked about Field Lab Earth a little at the top, but I'm curious just to, to hear like where is it now? Where is it going? What cool people? You talk to some really cool people. I do, and and like what are you excited about, you know, for the next year of your podcast or whatever?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So what I, as I mentioned before, we do a lot of work on agronomic crop soil and environmental sciences. We do a lot of interviews with people who publish with our journals. Um, So that is always great. I love talking to researchers. They're very chill and very down to earth and very nice people. They're really cool. So thank you to any guest who is listening, and you should be, because Planthropology is also great. Uh, also, you were on our show. So, I was. I enjoyed it. Yeah. And you will be on our show again in future. I should so that's publish great. some
1: stuff, and then I'll have something to talk to you about.
0: <laughs> well, also for Halloween times. Oh, Spoiler yes. alert for, yes, for next year. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so... One, yeah, speaking of Halloween times, which is one of my favorite times, uh, <laughs> this year we're going to have Paul Chomo from the Varmint's Podcast oh, on. Yeah. So that'll be obviously coming out pretty soon. We're talking about boll weevils and how uh, America was just like, no, thank you. <laughs> You're <laughs> not allowed here. Get out. Um, pretty much. So that's a lot of what we're talking about for our spooky agricultural pest this year. Awesome. Uh, we're going to be on YouTube soon, so we're working on getting those videos ready, uh, getting all the assets, the thumbnails, the special awesome. descriptions and whatnot. Um, so I'm really excited about that. We're going to have the uh, chief scientist for the Food and Agriculture Organization of the United Nations on. That comes out uh, tomorrow, as of when we're recording, not whenever awesome. this will post. Yeah. Um so that's gonna be really good. We're gonna be talking about uh like roadside grasses affected by salt, which as a Wisconsin wow. like that probably doesn't impact you at all, the crumb, but as a <laughs> Wisconsin as a Wisconsinite, I'm like, oh, I know this. Like, I, like, I get it. Um so I'm very excited about that one. <laughs> um but yeah we've we've got some great ones coming up we're gonna do clean water act anniversary next year oh cool um some stuff about urban agroforestry which is a super cool topic so Uh yeah i'm really excited to get on another platform another place for listeners to find us um as always our guests are wonderful and excellent and yeah we're just plugging away
1: that's really cool. And it's a great show. I, I really enjoy Field Lab Earth. I've been a, a longtime fan and a longtime listener, and it's it's great. It's really great.
0: Thank you. I, I enjoy your show very much as well.
1: Uh, well, thank you. And and if you have not gotten enough of Abby's just wonderful delightfulness, like you should definitely go listen to Field Lab Earth and go back and listen to episode 17, which, for again, for whatever reason, I remember. Um, what else? What else? I think we covered most of the things.
0: Um, I don't know. I mean, we covered Lord of the Rings chat, which was on your list, but you it also mentioned list. dad jokes, and I think we've only had one tea pun. So I know this, is, I your, this, this to, is your call out.
1: I'll have to, yeah, and I can't think of any now. We'll figure it out. I'll put them all be, in the,
0: it's very easy to make tea puns, like because you can just replace a lot of sounds with T, like re mm-hmm. or d, like tea licious or. <laughs> Like, I, d- I do a series called Personalities. That's just all about, like, personalities. That's,
1: that's wonderful. I, you know, I, I think that our crumbly bits discussion stands in right. for a couple all of dad right. jokes. All right, all right, all right. I think that was a good one. I, yeah. Again, I, and if you're out there listening, just brace yourself for all the crumbly bits merch that is going to hit the internet anytime soon. Yep. TM.
0: Yeah. We can Uh, say we can save puns for like the social stuff. So you should follow us both on social. We're at Field Lab Earth. I forgot to mention that on Twitter. But that's where we are.
1: Okay. Very cool. Very cool. Anywhere else we can find you or is that the main place?
0: Uh I mean that's the main place for social stuff. Um the societies and all of our journals have their own uh Twitter accounts. So if there's one journal that you're like, I love every episode from this journal, Mm -hmm. then you should go follow that journal and keep up with them. Uh, but as far as where you can find the show, we're pretty much everywhere. YouTube's like one of our last final frontiers
1: <laughs> to conquer. <laughs> yeah, I haven't broken into that either. I keep thinking about it and keep balking every time. I'm like, eh, I don't want to. But it's probably important.
0: I think you should just use that photo of you with that other faded photo of you in the background. <laughs> <laughs> and just no no title, no branding, just that photo. Still, and the audio file, and that's it.
1: Okay, so there's a very real chance that's going to happen for at least this episode when I release this episode. So go find this episode on YouTube whenever you're listening to this. I love that so much. Okay, it's that's that's going to be a thing.
0: <laughs> Corner, Crumbly Bits, TM. <laughs> that's the only branding.
1: Oh, uh, uh, you, you make me happy. I really Good, like I'm you. glad. Thank you. <laughs> Abby, thank you so much. That was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. Thank you for having me. It's always a joy and a pleasure to be on uh, and hang out and Twitterfy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's the verb for it, I guess. I like it. It's a very oh. legitimate verb.
1: Y'all, isn't Abby the best? I, if you say no, I will literally fight you. I'll fight you. Anyway, thanks for listening. You know that I love you folks and that you're the reason that this is so much fun to do. I hope you'll go check out Field Lab Earth and Adagio Tees and uh, look up Abby anywhere you can because she's great and everything she does is great. Thanks again to the Texas Tech Department of Plant and Soil Science. Thanks to you, the listener. Thanks to everyone who rates reviews and downloads and just interacts with the show i love to interact on social media so do the thing there uh y'all next week we've got the first in our tree talk series where i'll talk about how trees don't exist so you go chew on that for a week and i'll see you next tuesday i love you lots keep being nice to each other keep being cool plant people and i will talk to you soon